Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 19, featuring the top five Ben Cisco episodes. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And tonight, we have one of our rare series-specific topics. And I love this one, because tonight we're cutting through all the BS, breaking down our top five Ben Cisco episodes. So it's a DS9-only topic. And, it's, and one of the reasons we're doing that right now is because as we record this, it is January 2018, and we are celebrating the 25-year anniversary of DS9's debut. And we love DS9 here at Trek Ranks. And because I love to relay some of the numbers of the 19 previous episodes we've done on Trek Ranks, I'm always talking about our stats. Just want to let everybody know this is our second DS9 only topic. And we also have one TOS only topic, one TNG only topic, and one Voyager only topic. So this is the fifth time in 20 episodes that we've had a series specific topic. And actually, that's more than I thought there was. It's like 25%. So that seems high, but. All right, enough of that. Let's introduce our awesome guests tonight who are both coming to us live from the England sector. First up is a first-time participant, someone we've been looking forward to get on for a while. He's Rick Everson, and he's the host of the 10 Forward podcast. Rick, welcome to the show. You there, buddy? I am here. Hi, Jim. Nice to have. Nice to be on. All right. Coming through loud and clear from England. And our other host, also in England, is returning for his third round of Trek Ranks. He is, as I like to call him, Mr. Reliant. It's Carlos Miranda. Carlos, welcome back. Ah, thank you very much for having me. I feel honored. Has anyone else been on three times? This is uh, this. You are the first three-time wow. person. Wow. I wasn't. Gonna, I wasn't going to say that because I know it would it would uh, stoke your ego too much. Well, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm a little <laughs> bit competitive. So, <laughs> yes, you are. I love it. That's why we keep having you back. All right. So let's jump into our quick Trek Ranks reset discussion, which I always like to do at the top of the show. General order number one here at the Trek Ranks podcast. And that is that we love to rank Trek and we do that via some deep dive topics to really just get the conversation started. So hopefully when you listen, you have some fun with it. Maybe think about a few episodes or ideas that you haven't thought about for a while. And nothing would make me happier than hearing about someone going back to watch some old episodes because of the conversation that we're about to have. So as my good friend, the Vulcan Master, likes to remind us each week, the main driver for all of our discussions here at Trek Ranks Podcast is... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. That's right. Our mantra here is no wrong answers. Not about being right or definitive, Carlos, in any way. It's not competitive. Why do you say that's <laughs> It's just about sharing the things we love about Star Trek. And this is a no-nitpicking zone, so we're not going to do that here. Anyway, we love all Trek from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery. So it's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. We use episodes as our shorthand, but the 13 films are... Are always in play. Although not tonight because there's no DS9 film. Damn it. Shame. We wish, wish we could get one of those. So I know that's a lot, but I like to always do a little reset on the show before we get going. 
So before we get into our level one diagnostic, let's quickly power up the Argus array so our listeners know exactly how they can message us. Hailing frequencies are open. All right. You can check us out on the World Wide Web at trekranks.com and at the tricordertransmissions.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message with your own picks, you can do that at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. And I will give you that number again at the end of the show. And you can also find the Tricorder Transmissions on Facebook. And you can reach me on Twitter at TrekRanks and also at Enterprise Extra. So hopefully we'll hear from you because this show is better when we hear from you. All right, to wrap it up, Rick and Carlos, we'd like to tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Rick? Um, I am on Twitter at TrekFanRick, and I'm also um, available on Twitter on my podcast one at 10Backward. That's right, and I've listened to that podcast. It is great. And you just changed your Twitter handle, right? Because you used to be NerdRick. I I did, and now and again I just like to mix it up, change it around, and I I went with um, – just just wanted to emphasize the Trek a little bit. Trek fan Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> All right. How about you, Carlos? Um, I'm mostly just on Twitter, and it's um, at Double Mac. And uh, I, like I always say, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker, and so Double Macchiatos are my are, are my go to. Double Ractagino. Doctor, I'll double Ractagino. Exactly. <laughs> if I could spell Ractagino, that would that's what I would have gone for. I love it. All right. I think we're ready to jump into our level one diagnostic. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. All right. So for this week's diagnostic cycle, I just wanted to, this will be a quick one. I just wanted to quickly go through, talk about Captain Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. I just get a quick take from Rick and Carlos on how they look at Cisco inside the the overall pantheon of Trek. So Rick, I uh, set you up on this. I want to ask you to pick one word to describe Ben Cisco and explain briefly why you chose that word. What's, what's that word? That word I chose is inspiring. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, that is- this was a nightmare, one word for Cisco, but I, I ended up going with it because he's like, there's just so much to him that is inspiring. He's um, He's gone into this, he's a career Starfleet officer, he's a captain, decorated soldier, cap- um, he's a single father managing this career, he's an emissary, he inspires an entire planet on their whole faith. The, uh, you can just look at him and think inspiring. Yeah. And he inspires literally everybody he comes Absolutely. in touch with. His, his crew, the Bajorans, Gold Ducat is jealous of him. Oh, so. very inspired. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How about you, Carlos? What's your one word to describe Cisco? My one word is um, layered. Um, and Ooh, the yeah. reason I picked that is because I, I – and I, I'd go to the mattresses on this with anybody. I actually think that he's probably the only captain that – is def- is really defined by something other than being the captain, right? So, like you know, you you have Picard, who's who I love. You know, you have Kirk, you have Janeway, um, and I, you know, and I have and I have a and I have a deep love for almost every single one of our captains. Lorca is Lorca is you know that that that's the that, we'll see about that, but. Um, we know what a lot of the other captains like, you know, whether it's coffee or or archaeology or Shakespeare, whatever it is, you know, collecting antiques. Um, but I don't necessarily think that we that we really get to know many of the other captains beyond that necessarily. And I actually think that Cisco is the reason I chose Laird is because I think that him being captain is only 
one element of him that the series does a really, really good job of exploring. You know, so I think that he's captain, but he's also the emissary. He's also a father, and I'll talk about this later on. But actually, I chose my 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 five Trek rank Trek, Trek ranks picks for this show are kind of are picked on a different. Uh, aspect of what I think of kind of that, that of that layer of those layers, a different aspect of who cool. Jimmy and Cisco is. Yeah. So I think of it, when I hear that word, I think complex. Yeah, exactly. it's definitely complex. All right. So my one, and we'll hear about that in our, in our prime directive coming up. So my one word to describe Ben Cisco is intense. Yep. And this, I don't think I need to go into any more details of why I picked that word. I mean, from start to finish through every episode, there's one thing that Ben Cisco was, he was always intent, always on the edge and always really ready just to commit to whatever challenge or enemy or even friend was, was in front of him. So I, lo- I love that about him. All right. So I wasn't going to ask you this guy is this. He's, he's my number three captain. I've got Ooh. him behind Picard and Kirk. Where do, where do you have him, Carlos? I have him. This is a tough question. It, it depending on the day, um, he's either my yes, favorite or my second favorite. I, I always say they always they always the, the way I always hedge that is that during peacetime, my favorite captain is Picard. During wartime, <laughs> my favorite captain is Cisco. You need that's that intensity. So so it, it always goes back good. between Picard and Cisco. Yeah, that makes sense. How about you, Rick? Where do you have him? Uh, again, I mean, much like Carlos, I'm very much. Cisco Picard on that thing. I think because I grew up with Next Generation, that's kind of got that place in my heart. But I know that DS9 is maybe the best series. So I think right. I'm thinking I'm, I, he's, he's my number one, but I, but it's a, it's a very tiny margin over Picard. But yeah, Cisco is number one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Understood. All right. So let's jump into our prime directive. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. Okay, so as we get into this, I just want to make sure everyone is clear that when we do our any of our top five character episodes, we're, it's really more accurately we're looking for our top five episodes defined by one moment in that episode. So it kind of gets a little bit wonky, but... Uh, that would be a too unwieldy of a title to use defined by one moment in that episode. So, so it's just important to remember that I think it, so any one of us, or for those of you playing along at home, you, you might pick a huge big Cisco episode that that's your favorite. And then you might pick a moment to describe that episode. And it, you know, it might be in a smaller episode that someone might not necessarily think of as a, as a Cisco episode. So, all right. With that in mind, Rick and Carlos, I'm curious about how you guys approach this topic. So what, what were the specific criteria you, you used to narrow down your list? And did you, did you guys find this process easy or hard, Rick? Uh, this, uh, this was a long one. This took a long time doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot like Carlos was just saying. There's so many aspects to Cisco. So where I started was I just listed all those things that Cisco is you know, he's a father, he's a career officer, he's a soldier, he's the emissary. I went through all those different facets of him. And then against those, I just sort of picked out all those moments. And sort of wrote, so then I had this huge list of different moments and I just kept whittling away until I got my sort of my five favourites. But uh, it was definitely moments that defined him in those aspects. And I'd left out uh, 
when he was, you know, Cisco that isn't Cisco. So if not getting holograms or prophet visions of Cisco or 1950s sci-fi writers that look like him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so no Hippocrates Noah is. No, is no, I'm afraid not, not in my list. <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, <laughs> That's great. All right, Carlos, how about you? How did you break it all down? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Rick and I cheated or together on this. Um, <laughs> I, I did exactly the same thing. I mean, wh- when you first asked me to be on the podcast and you said it was moments, I took that word really literally. So I didn't, I didn't, I'm not going to list any big Ben Cisco episodes. So like, um, you know, Far Beyond the Stars and In the Pale Moonlight, which of that latter is my favorite episode of Trek ever. Um, are not on my list, right? What I did is I picked five moments that I think represent, like I said earlier, kind of different elements of the Cisco character. And the five that I'll be talking about are kind of um, in, it, uh, in, in no particular order, kind of the Cisco, the emissary, Cisco, the captain, Cisco, the father, Cisco, the general, um, and Cisco, the friend. So I, I, I really picked moments that I thought those were, that those to me are the five top Cisco characteristics, and so I, I picked moments that were really uh, representative of that of that element of who he is. Oh, that's I cannot wait to hear this. So mm-hmm. I w- I'm kind of right in the middle. So I, as I often do, I immediately yeah. knew what my number one. Rick and I didn't call be. you. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's this is going to be good. So I uh, yeah I knew my number one pick. And then the rest of the list man, it took a lot of brainstorming. It's such a long list of moments and episodes and it was really hard for me to decide between am i going to list just a big cisco episode or is it going to be a mix of episodes and and moments and i and i found like i was kind of right in in between so and this and you actually already mentioned that this might be a bit of a spoiler but there's one huge episode that i i struggled with including because i was kind of surprised that there wasn't like one particular moment that was making me have to pick it so we'll find out if I did or not. So I'll just leave that there and we'll see if it made my list. All right. Any other thoughts, uh, you guys? Are we, uh, we ready to jump in? No, I, I wanted to say something. I, I, and I was debating whether or not to actually say this. But um, when you use the word intensity, Rick, it really brought me back. And, and I, I did a bunch of research for this. Um, and, and it reminded me I had this like ridiculous run-in once with Avery Brooks, right? Completely not related to Star Trek, and I and I and I want because obviously we're talking about Ben Cisco, and I think you can't talk about Ben Cisco and completely divorce Avery Brooks from this. Um, and I, I and I thought I'd share it just because it's a really fun story. Um, the, the I used to work at the New York Public Library. I started my career as a fund as like a junior fundraising officer there, and they were doing this tiny little event for like fifteen to twenty people, um, readings from sci-fi, and so I volunteered to kind of help seek people i had no idea who was doing it. it like it was just like an after after work thing and they used to give you uh, for every hour you volunteered they'd give you half an hour or an hour of holiday so if you volunteered enough time you you would get extra days of for your vacation so i volunteered and the person emceeing it and doing half of the readings was avery brooks right and I mean, I was like 22 and obviously, you know, I've been a, a diehard fan since the day it came out and he came in, nobody knew really, nobody really knew who he was. And I just went up to him and I told him that I was a huge fan and he was so intense. He sat me down, right. 
and he like wanted to know about what I loved about Deep Space Nine, what it was, and like I was like sweating. I was like he like at, he like interviewed me, right? And he wanted to know. And then at the end of it, at the end of it, he goes, "You get the professional photographer, and you and me are gonna take a picture." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so I have this like totally random like picture with Avery Brooks at the library, us sitting down at this chair. I mean, I don't even know where it is anymore. Um, at uh, on these chairs on, the, on one side of the library. And, and it was his, like, intensity that he was just such an intense person. And I think we, we so much of him is Cisco. Um, yeah, and so yeah. I just wanted to share that. Like, the, the word intensity is something that I had written down in my notes. And it always reminds me of of, of this one little anecdote of, like, this random run-in with, with Avery Brooks where he interviewed me for 10 minutes about why it was <laughs> I liked the show. That's awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it's not surprising that... Yeah. Avery Brooks is as intense as <laughs> yeah. in Cisco. All right. So let's, uh, this is going to be a cool episode and we may even have some duplicates. Who knows? Ooh. And if we do listen for this sound, which could not be more appropriate, the defiant torpedoes on an episode all about Ben Cisco. Third Armoticon, it's time for you to explain the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Another clip from Deep Space Nine. We love it. So first up, each of us will reveal our five-word summary and hashtag, our Trek rank staple, to tease our pick. Then we'll reveal our episode title and the specific moment we're picking from that episode, and we'll talk about that thoroughly. At the end, we'll ask for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And before we start, I just want to say that I think more than any other episode we've ever done, I'm convinced that there are a hundred good moments that I haven't even considered as we get started. So I can't wait to hear your guys' picks. And I know that if we did this episode again in a month, I'll probably have 20 new ideas that don't even get talked about. So, Rick, let's start with you. What's your number five pick for a Ben Cisco episode? Right, my number five. My five words are speech tells problems with paradise hashtag the problem is earth uh it is the marquee part two all right i was looking i was uh, one of the things i was looking at was how cisco goes from not wanting to be on this assignment to eventually buying a house on bajor and uh, as i was picking out all these moments to show this development as he sort of becomes more at home on bajor one of the first bits that picked out is where he starts to put himself aside from earth and more into where into his local area, into Bayshore and the and the surrounding areas. So this speech where he just he really sort of goes into uh, he has this objective look at Earth and the Federation and their paradise and how that doesn't apply to everywhere else. And it, that doesn't translate to the places where the problems haven't been solved yet. And also it's just epic speechifying where he's and you see Avery Brooks just gets completely into it and Cisco's really going for this epic speech and. Uh, as he finishes, he sort of then like the expression on his face is like he catches himself. He looks at Kira, who's, who's um, smiling, and he's just like, oh, I, I just totally went off on one there, didn't I? And Kira's like, yeah, um, like at Pansy, you should give him that speech. And I just loved the whole moment because it's a beautiful epic speech. And then afterwards, he realized just how passionate he'd got about it, almost like he didn't mean to. But uh, it all came out then. It, it was an epic moment. Are you questioning Federation policy, Commander? All I know is that the situation in the demilitarized zone is deteriorating rapidly. Personally, I think you're overstating the problem. Establish a dialogue with the Maquis. 
They're still Federation citizens. I'm sure they'll listen to reason. Good luck, Commander. Establish a dialogue. What the hell does she think I've been trying to do? Commander. Just because a group of people belong to the Federation, it does not mean that they are saints. Excuse me. Do you know what the trouble is? No. The trouble is Earth. Really? On Earth, there is no poverty, no crime, no war. You look out the window of Starfleet headquarters and you see paradise. Well, it's easy to be a saint in paradise. But the Marquis do not live in paradise. Out there, in the demilitarized zone, all the problems haven't been solved yet. Out there, there are no saints, just people. Angry, scared, determined people who are going to do whatever it takes to survive, whether it meets with the Federation approval or not. Makes sense to me. I'm glad someone understands. Legate Parn's ship just put in at Docking Bay 5. Maybe you'd like to give the same speech to him. I just might do that. I love that moment. I actually think these are two underrated episodes. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, I, I love I love this pick, and I'm not going to say any more right now. <laughs> <laughs> love this moment. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's just keep it rolling. We know we got a lot to get into here. So, what's your number number five pick, Carlos? Well, so this is the the moment that I think represents Cisco, the captain, for me. Um, and the five words are: On Earth, there is no uh, hashtag. Um, just a man and his will to survive. And it's episode, uh, it's season two, episode 21, um, a la Alex Perry. I love how Alex always, every time he's on the show, says the season <laughs> and the episode. So I'm going to start doing that. Uh, and it's also the McKee part two. It is like we cheated, right? <laughs> oh, man. Are you kidding me? No, no. It is that exact same speech from the McKee, from the McKee part two. <laughs> it's the same scene? <laughs> it's the same That is scene. impossible. No. I'm oh, Trek, Trek Rakes is the best. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Uh-huh. So... So that's the way I, you know, I'm not usually quiet. Uh, that's the reason I didn't want to say anything because it's literally my number five pick. I can show you the notes later on. Uh, let me just say this, Carlos. I, when you were quiet, I was like, wow, he wouldn't even be quiet if he had the same pick in like the second round because he wouldn't be able to hold on to his tongue. So I was, so I must have known it was the next pick. That's the only thing that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, all right. So why did you pick it? That's incredible. I mean, it's. Such a great moment, Rick. I compl- I mean, for every for all the reasons Rick yeah. said, I think that the this is to me. He's really come on. It, it's it, it's a scene where he where he, he he's this captain of of he's he's embraced the fact that he's the captain at the edge of the frontier, right? Um, and I also think that this is an amazing scene because Picard, Kirk, Janeway, Archer, no other captain would say those words. No, none, right? And, and I think that it's, it, it highlights the difference between TNG and DS9. I love, love the fact that it's complete. He's just so frustrated at Starfleet and Nechea, who's who just walked out of his office. Um, and, he, and Kira comes in, as Rick said. She's, she's about to say something, and Cisco just monologues. He just goes for it. And Kira's just standing there like a deer in a headlight, doesn't know what to say. <laughs> and, and it's true, you know, it's easy to be a saint in paradise. It's so easy to be a saint when you're on a starship or when, when you live on Earth or when you live on Vulcan or Betasoid. But out there where they are at the edge of the frontier, it's everything's a shade of gray and everything's infinitely more complicated. And I think it, 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 it shows that what he's up against 
Um, and it also kind of highlights the difference between DS9 as a series and the other, and you know, and every other incarnation of Trek that's come, that came either before or after. So to me, that is like the definitive. This is I am the cap. This you know, I am the captain, and what I am captaining, what I need to deal with, is is this particularly difficult shade of gray um, situation. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I forgot to do this because I was so shocked. <laughs> Duplicate. Incredible. Yeah. All right, Rick. Any other thoughts? I mean, it's such an in, indelible moment. And it is a bit of a game-changing it, moment. It is. In, I mean, in Trek uh, storytelling. It sets the tone for Deep Space Nine from then on that we're going to yeah. – we're not just going to be Star Trek. We're going to get under the skin of Star Trek and really see what makes it tick yeah. and get un- yes. see, see how this yeah. actually works yeah. when you start pulling it apart a little bit. And it's it, – it yeah. goes so well from there. It's also the people, right, on the show, the characters on the show, none of them are saints, including Cisco, right? And you could argue, you know, you, all the other shows, most of them were, were, were you know, were pretty saint-like, uh, especially on TNG. And I think that the, his, his thing about, you know, it's easy to be a saint in paradise has always just stuck with me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. All right, amazing start. So... Let me jump into my number five pick, which is also from season two, episode two. And yes, Alex does. That. I've started doing that as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> season and episode. It is. All right. My five words and a hashtag is a favor and delayed evacuation. Hashtag Cisco thinks of everything. It's the circle again, oh. season two, episode two. First of all, it's it's so it's the scene is Cisco's DS9 evacuation and I I love the Circle trilogy I it's got so much great world building and Bajoran political intrigue so I love that but but I am starting off with a little bit of a cheat so my first Cisco moment from this episode is where he goes to Bajor and he goes to visit the colonel who's kind of leading the military of the provisional government and he tells him about the the Kasari and the fact that Cardassia is funneling weapons through them for the Circle. And he asked the colonel about trying to get Kira reassigned to DS9. And the colonel says, you told me about the weapons first, then asked about Kira. You could have traded that information for a favor. And I just love when Cisco says, oh, I wouldn't do that. I just love that <laughs> line, that mischievous delivery. Like he's like he's a little bit playing the I know that you know that I know game right there okay. so that he'll get a little bit of a favor down the road. And I just, I love that moment, but my favorite, my main moment at the end of this episode is when he's, is it's the first inkling of how Cisco's willing to bend the rules and not just blindly follow orders. And it's right at the end when he's, he's telling everybody to evacuate and he's basically saying, he asked the chief how long it would really take us to evacuate, taking all the Starfleet equipment, everything. And uh, chief says, Oh, that would take a week. He's like, really? then I guess some of us won't quite be done by the time they get here. And I just love that moment. Yeah. Sets up the way Cisco's thinking. He's always thinking ahead. So for him, for me, he's just the, he's a, he can be really calculating in that way. So, and, and what he's willing to do. So great moment. Love that episode. And I, and I just love those, those little bit of a cheat, those two moments from Cisco in, in the circle. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about this later on as well, and I'm sure Rick, you will too. Given that you know we've uh, we've obviously yes, we've our lists. Uh, um, he, he, you know, he takes. He's very calculating, but he's also a risk taker, right? He always takes calculated risks, always, and that's kind of his his uh, his mo as a general, as a, as a soldier. And I love that about him. 
Well said. Yeah. Rick, any, any quick thoughts? No, on I, that? I, I love the choice. It's one of those things where Cisco is kind of, he's, he's, he's very good at reading people and getting like the gist of what will work best for them. Like in the, in the case of, um, he's, he knows this guy will, will respect him, not asking for the favour outright. So it's almost like he's played him in a way, yeah. but by not trying to play him for that favour. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The old, I know that you know that I know yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I love the way it ends when the colonel just, when he, when he knows he's won because the colonel says, I will remember that about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And, of course, it, it pays off in, the, in part three of that. So, all right, let's move on to round four. Rick, what is your number four Ben Cisco number episode? Four. Right. My five words are dress down just for show and hashtag your wife won't have to complain anymore. I've chosen Captive Pursuit, specifically the moment near the end where um, Cisco chews out O'Brien for freeing Tosk and helping him escape. Yes. And uh, he's, t- he's totally laying into him. He's giving him the full, like, uh, Starfleet dressing down. Uh, it's, it's, you know, all through that episode, he's kind of stuck to the letter of the Prime Directive, said, you know, it's not a great situation, nothing we can do. And then he t- he's chewing this guy out and... So if anything like that, and you'll be off the station, your wife won't have to complain about the conditions here. And then O'Brien's just like, uh, but I thought you and the constable would have caught us. And it's like, oh, I guess we missed that one. And it's, 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 yes. one, of those, it is, it's almost one of his earliest spending the rules thing. It's like he's, yeah. he's willing to let O'Brien do it, and he'll just give him that, that leeway. And it just shows, I think that's pointed up very early on, that uh, this is a different sort of, of station this is a different sort of uh, starfleet than we're used to this cisco is going to play by play it by his own rules a little bit and uh i think that was maybe the earliest point for me where i realized cisco is a very different kind of captain this was this was definitely on my long list because of that exactly i think it's literally the first time where he's you can see him cheating the rules a little bit where because yeah. it's the scene where miles literally says that you you know, you could have caught me behind some security force fields. I figured you would just lock us in somewhere. He's like, and he literally says, huh, guess that one got by us. And just, just get out of here. Yeah. That was so well done. Carlos, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. I think that he's, um, I think like a, because of the nature of the situation, he's, he's very hands-off with a lot of the crew, right? Like he lets his people be themselves and do what they think is best, right? And I think in Deep Space Nine, you find yourselves in situations unlike other shows where um, it, a lot of it is kind of driven by one character as, a sp- as opposed to like a small group of characters. So you have a lot of shows where like one character is taking this initiative. Um, and um, and I think that that's a, that's a fantastic example of that, especially, you know, I love O'Brien. Um, and I think that his um, Cisco still finding his feet of saying, you know, this is still a Starfleet station, but... Mm-hmm. It isn't. Uh, and I think it's, it, it's that first kind of twinkle of like acknowledging that, which I think is wonderful. And superb hashtag with your, <laughs> your wife won't have to complain about being on the station anymore. It's so great. That's, that's a great way to deliver that. All right, Carlos, what's your uh, number four pick? So my number five was Cisco the captain. So this one is Cisco the friend. Um, my five words are a friend quite like you. Uh, my hashtag is I'll be there for you. And my episode is season four, episode five, Rejoin. Specifically the scene 
where Dax is about halfway through the episode, uh, and it's a pretty long scene. It's like four minutes or five minutes because I just rewatched it, and it's just a chat between Dax and Cisco, where Dax is where they do their Dax Cisco thing, where there's a problem, and they each kind of and 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 they and they talk it out, and they just you know they take both sides of the issue and they discuss it and they arrive at a conclusion. Um, and you know, and that happens. I thought of, I really wanted to include a moment between Dax and Cisco. Um, and I thought about in Purgatory Shadow, you're cordially invited, Blood Oath. You know, there's all of these amazing, um, um, uh, episodes where they where they have this discussion, obviously in the pale moonlight. Um, but I really like this one because it, it, Cisco at the end, basically, you know, he says to Dax, um, very similar, you know, kind of echoes of what Rick just said. He says to Dax, do not do this. This is taboo. You cannot have a relationship. Um, you can't continue this relationship. It, it, it's against true law. You'll be exiled. You know, the, the Dax symbol will die with Jadzia. And he, he gives that whole speech and says, Curzon wouldn't do it. And at the end, he just basically says, but if you, Jadzia, decide to do it, I'll back you all the way. And it's just... Like, he's just there for his people, but particularly for Jadzia. And I think the fact that you had this entire seven-year kind of multi-generational, or I guess the only way to put it, friendship between Cisco and then Curzon, you know, Curzon and then Jadzia and then Esri. And there was no sexual tension. It was never romantic. It was just no big deal. Um, it's just wonderful. And you don't really see that in TV, right? Um, and it's also not a a a a necessarily paternal relationship. It's very much a, a relationship of equals. And when it's always Dax and, and, um, and Jadzia together, there is no rank necessarily. And it's wonderful to see. And I just, and I, I've always loved, that's one of my favorite friendships in all of Trek. Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome pick. The one thing I found when I was researching these lists was, I, I mean, I think I always known it was there, but the Dax Cisco relationships were just in almost every, I mean, they were all over the place on my list yeah. and there yeah. we will talk about them again. Cause they are, they're definitely on my list, but yeah. this, this one is like you said, just the, the friendship, the support it's his Avery Brooks is so good in that scene. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's awesome. How about you, Rick? What's your take? I love that. Um, the Dax Cisco relationship is fantastic through the whole way. And like I say, when you look back, you realize how many times it crops up. And I really like this, that sort of juxtaposition that they come in and that Cisco had Dax as his mentor. And now he's got this much younger person, but it's still Dax. And just every time she has some crazy notion or adventure, he's then the voice of reason, but he's always there for her. And it's, it's a really great relationship. It's fantastic. And rejoined is one of my all time favorite episodes of DS nine. It's uh, it's fantastic. That is an awesome deep cut Mm -hmm. pick, Carlos. Good job. So, all right, mine will, I'll change gears a little bit with mine. It's uh, it's a, it's a definitely a bit of an outlier pick, but all right. My five words and a hashtag is Cisco goes in the box. Hashtag. Doctrine sucks. <laughs> and it's season two, episode 15. It's Paradise, which uh. is an episode I love. And the scene, as I said, my five words is Cisco goes in the hot box. So I just love the way this shows the, I don't know, the, the toughness and the stubbornness and the uh, will, the will of Ben Cisco. He's such a proud, stubborn guy. So, I mean, it's not much to say. It's this 
obviously it's the episode where uh, him and O'Brien are stuck on the planet with the crazy cult leader. And she's basically saying, get rid of your uniform. Join us. I'll give you some water. You can stay out of the box. Uh-huh. Show the others that, that you're that you're one of us. And instead, he just silently gets up, walks outside, stumbles toward the box and puts himself back inside the hot box mm. to just basically show everybody resist. And I love that moment because I, I've said on this podcast many times, doctrine sucks. It's the worst. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. just some staid old cult trying to tell you how to live morally. So uh, there's nothing worse than that. And I love Ben Cisco in this moment. So what do you guys think of that? Oh, I love that one. It's a fantastic episode. And just Cisco's sheer defiance there that the, as you say the moment where he just turns back around and goes straight uh-huh. back in that box it's just like i'm not having any of this i'll go back in the box yeah, yeah it goes back to that intensity right that, yeah. that Cisco, like like i will you know i will make the situation the situation that i want it to be and i will and, and i will take command of it uh even if i have to suffer is just that it, it's amazing it's almost like the being in that hot box is so intense but i'm cisco i'm so much more intense i'm yeah, going exactly. back how intense that box yeah, yeah. the box is inside yeah exactly the box is inside me right <laughs> i i love that he walks back walks back silently but i would have also loved that if he had just said i'm not having any of this and just got it, as, uh, as Rick just said. All right, let's move on to the soup round. Round three. Rick, what's your number three pick? All right, I think um, I think you're definitely going to love this one, Jim. Uh, five words, self-sacrifice to save the future. And hashtag, the name is Bell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. It's, um, it's just the moment as he steps forward at the end of past tense part one and says, the name is Bell. Because uh, that whole first part of that episode, Cisco's very calm. He's just figuring out what's going on, where yeah, where they are, when they are, how to how to quietly survive in these events, stay out of the way. And things go wrong. Cisco and Bashir are right in the thick of events, and suddenly the um, Gabriel Bell, the big player in the Bell Rights, is dead. And he just steps forward and announces oh, the name's Bell. And it's amazing because we know now how much is at stake. Cisco has to get this right to restore history, well, to restore the future. And if he does, Gabriel Bell is fated to die, which means he's stepped forward to, to uh-huh. sacrifice himself yep. to restore everything. Yep. And he just does that with, with the, the, all the gravitas and presence and intensity that Cisco has. It's this incredible moment. It's just such chills, and it's, it's just perfect. That's enough! Well, look who we've got here. Way to show initiative, new boy. Take him and throw him back there along with the rest of our uh, guests. What the hell do you think you're doing? I think I am making a political statement. Maybe if we're lucky, I might even be able to stage a nice little uh, photo op. I hope that meets with your approval. Do as he says. All right. I've waited a long time for this. And I know I won't be disappointed. Ain't that right, new boy? The name is Bell. Gabriel Bell. That, and those episodes, oh, so good. 
<laughs> it's one of the great scenes in the history of Star Trek. Yes. It's absolutely amazing. I, uh, spoiler alert, I saw my secondary systems. I didn't pick it only, I think only because we've talked about it many times on the show, but it is just absolutely one of the best, most dramatic moments in Trek. For them to just go out on the episode on that and, mm-hmm. and everyone knowing what it meant. Uh, I just, I love those episodes. Love that moment. Yeah. How about you, Carlos? No, no I mean, I think uh, I didn't pick those episodes. Um, but I think, you know, it was hard not to at one point just because, like, right. I, I mean, those episodes are so quintessentially Star Trek. Yeah. Like, everything that Star Trek is about is 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 in those episodes. But I think what's amazing about those episodes, it's that, you know, when those episodes aired in 93 or 94, whenever it was, or 95, like, 2022 whatever year it is that they go to seemed so far away and and the riots and all of that and 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 the lack of social mobility and um just seemed so kind of foreign um and look where we are in 2018 so close to that and i think those episodes are just um they they, they ring a little too close to home i don't know did you guys see the article at the uh, that, that was in the atlantic a couple of, like maybe last month about those two episodes no Oh yeah, like, the, no, the, like um, I'll have to I'll, I'll put it out on Twitter so everybody who like listens to the you should definitely read it. It's it's an academic who's a big Star Trek fan who who writes about these episodes and it was like it was an article in the Atlant in, in the Atlantic. It was it was I was just a surprise to come across it as as you guys are uh, are now right. and, it's, and, it's, and it's amazing, like absolutely amazing. And it's um, I'll, I'll put it out, I'll put it out on Twitter. It's sad how uh, how prescient those episodes are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really sad. Yeah. All right. Uh, Carlos, what's your number three pick? So um, we've done the general and the father. I mean, sorry, the general, the captain and the the friend. And the friend. And now we're going to do the emissary. So Cisco, the emissary, my five words are a penance must be exacted. And my hashtag are, (laughs) do you think you're what they say you are? episode it's uh season six episode six sacrifice of angels and the scene is when they're in the wormhole and the dominion fleet is coming to basically destroy the s9 and have their way with the uh the the gamma quadrant um and cisco basically begs he goes in and says tells the prophet help me uh i'm alone um this can't happen you need to intervene and they agree to help him um, for a price. Um, and I think that the, I was originally going to pick rapture because I feel that rapture is very much the come to Jesus moment for Cisco. Um, but I think that this episode and that moment, that scene in particular for him as the emissary, I think that everything is his role as the emissary is everything is before that moment. And then after that moment, because in that moment, it's the foreshadowing, right? It's the, it's where they say, you're going to suffer and um, your destiny is not what it is, what you want it to be. Um, And I just like, it's just an amazing moment. And he accepts because it's for the greater good. It's again, it's, it's, it's what you do as the captain of the people, as the emissary of the prophets, that's what you do. That's the sacrifice that comes with the job. Um, and, And he does it. And it to me is just an amazing moment. Plus I also don't think that you, there are many episodes where a captain pleads for something, like begs for something. And that's what he does. And I think it's 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 phenomenal. Yeah, I, Rapture was on my uh my secondary systems. 
not sacrifice of angels. That's a great moment. I've forgotten that that really that's really the beginning of the whole yeah. payback that's coming in these last two seasons. Exactly, exactly. Is that moment, and that is just such an epic episode across the board for for Cisco as well. Rick, what's your take? The, what they did beautifully in that episode, particularly in that moment, was they'd had such an epic build-up in that episode. It had been so, you know, everything had been moving at such a pace and the stakes were getting higher and higher and that situation was getting more and more desperate. And then at the point they played the card that could have been the biggest cop-out that he went and got the magical wormhole aliens to solve the problem. Uh-huh. But the way the moment played sold it beautifully. And I think uh-huh. particularly mm-hmm. that the penance will be exacted meant that this wasn't a cop out this was this this was him he turned to his gods and he said be gods and save this and they had answered him but if this was not over and there's going to be more to this so what, yeah it, what it, it was a very i think it was always a very delicate line they did that but they got it perfectly right so they went what could have could have been a, bit, a very big disappointment came off as a brilliant moment and just worked as i said set the tone for the rest of the series from then on yeah 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 Everything they did with Cisco as the emissary was a delicate line well, that yes. yeah, absolutely totally. worked on every level. And that's coming from someone like me who doesn't necessarily like those types of storylines. But I love that storyline. I yeah. love that part of Deep Space. I, I, I just don't – you don't – because of his intensity and who he is, you never think of Cisco as actually that, – that, again, I think that moment where he just says he, – he does. He pleads with, with, yeah. with the gods – um, and it's so almost the antithesis of Trek, or the antithesis of being a captain on Star Trek. Uh, yeah. And it's so anti-Cisco, yet he has no other choice, and he does it. And it's just, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Love it. That's a cool And pick. I love the fact that it's Jake, the wormhole, it's like the wormhole alien that, that is the one that says to him, a penance must be exacted. That couldn't have, that can't have been by coincidence. Like they said, uh, which of them has to be, it has to be his son has to say that to him. Yeah, of course. All right, so let's finish off the Super Round. My number three pick, my five words and a hashtag is, I need proof of Dominion duplicity. Hashtag (laughs) not more words, proof. And I'm going with a big dog here. It's In the Pale Moonlight, Season 6, Episode 19. It's my number one all-time DS9 episode at Trek Ranks. And my scene that I'm picking is when Cisco and Dax are running through the point counterpoint yeah. and trying to convince the Rhymelin set of the war. It's in their own best interest to join the war. That's the key. That's the reason the Romulans will finally take action. Not to do us any favors, but to protect themselves from the Dominion. Okay. Let's say I'm the Romulan proconsul. From where I'm sitting, the Dominion isn't a threat to me. I have a non-aggression pact with them. They are my allies. You're not going to put your faith in some piece of paper, are you? Not at all. I've been watching them very closely since the beginning of the war. And so far, they've kept their part of the bargain. They're violating your territory almost every day. What kind of an ally is that? So they're crossing my backyard to give the Federation a bloody nose. I can't say that makes me feel very sad. You can't be naive enough to think that the Dominion is going to stop with the Federation. When they're finished with us, they're coming after you. That's speculation. The Founders see it as their sacred duty to bring order to the galaxy. Their order. Do you think they'll sit idly by while you keep your chaotic empire right next to their perfect order? No. If you watch us go under, then what you're really doing is signing your own death warrant. But before I plunge my people into a conflict, 
that will kill millions of loyal Romulan citizens. I need something more concrete than the self-serving argument of a Starfleet officer. I need proof of Dominion duplicity. Not more words. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, old man. You would have made a decent Romulan. Such good writing. And I, I tease this a little bit in the in the order of things that I was tempted to not pick this episode, but at the end I just couldn't leave it off. So for me in in some ways it this it's actually this is a little bit more of a Garrick episode yeah. than Cisco. He's he it's obviously all time great trek and Cisco's a big part of it, but he's a little bit on the he's a little bit there for the ride that Garrick's taking him on. So but this scene, it's incredible. Cisco and Dax together is for me, we talked about it briefly. It's one of the most underrated things in DS9. They have so many great scenes together, and, and this one's just so dynamic. So I also considered the scene where he says, I can live with it, and anytime punching Garrick in the face, which was a <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty yeah. great moment as well. So uh, we've got In the Pale Moonlight on the board. Rick, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it, I, I knew it was going to come up. It's a fantastic episode. And I think on my list, it made – it made about seven or eight moments through my on my, on my right. big list. I won't say if any of them get through, but uh, there's just so many moments for Cisco in this from the all the way awesome. through the whole setup with him talking to the camera, the all yeah, the yeah. old stuff. I just can't. If, I can't even focus enough on the on one particularly great thing about it because everything is so good about that episode. Yeah, I, is that the only episode where someone addresses the camera directly? Well, there's. In this one, it's an actual camera because not camera, but it's yeah, the, well, it's the, the log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there is a uh, rules of engagement. Yes, rules of engagement. Thank no, you. I guess Thank that's you. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, one was yeah. that one had a, a, a unique fourth yeah. wall storytelling mechanism. That, that was yeah, really yeah. Nice. They repeat it a little bit in Doctor Bashir, I presume, with the interviews that Zimmerman does. Don't don't they? Oh yeah. And some of those are addressed to camera. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also in in uh, Inquisition in the first uh, section thirty one. But this is but this is but but the way they do it because in, in all of those they're, they're, it's one character talking to another character essentially. Correct. Like Correct. This like, one he's actually like recording he, himself. He's recording himself. But basically, what's amazing about that episode is that right is that is that he's he's really talking to you, the audience, saying, "I'm yeah. about to do something that goes against my training. I'm about to do something that." That no, you know, citizen of the Federation, no Starfleet captain should ever do, but it's for the greater good, and I have to tell you the reasons why. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's the best. It's, it's the best. legendary, legendary. Yeah. It's, it's, That's why you want Cisco to be your captain during <laughs> wartime. War. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to round two. Rick, what is your number two pick? Right, five words: trapped with Hitler, in control. Hashtag, and that is why you're not an evil man. Uh, oh man! Yes. At the uh, the height Waltz. of his confrontation with Goldicart in Waltz, um, it's it's just the whole time. Despite the fact Cisco's injured and Descartes not, he's got he's. It's. It seems like Descartes is the, is the crazy man who's completely got Cisco at his mercy. But Cisco's in control. He's goading Descartes. He's sussed the transmits at working. He knows that Descartes wants his respect, and he know. You know he knows it's easy to get Descartes to go into this rant to just really com- confess all his true feelings about what he should have done to Bajorans. And you know he knows Descartes so in love with his own voice that he'll distract himself, and Cisco can then just swing at him and knock him out. 
And I just think that Cisco's managed that situation so beautifully in the way he's done it. And uh, it's, it's also obviously then completely reset the relationship a little bit with Cisco and Descartes. And Descartes now de facto evil from there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so. There's no coming back from Descartes. Yeah. No, not from the things that you say. I love this pick mainly, full disclosure, because I somehow I didn't think of this episode. Oh. I don't know how I missed this. This is such an amazing Cisco episode because he's controlling him so well. He's so so far ahead of him in terms of uh, pandering to him to to get what he needs and 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 bury him, bury Ducat deeper. Yeah. I love that, Carlos. What's your what's your take? Uh, I mean, this episode is everything, right? Like, I think I, Rick, you said it. Like, I think. This is the this was the point of no return. This is when Ducat changed from what six six seasons of being that like cruel tech military man, uh, whether he was fighting his own private little war or you know working for the Cardassians for the Cardassian government central command. Um, but this is when he went like truly truly nuts and, and started you know the the whole the, the whole power race converted man storyline that Ducat ends the the series on comes from this, right? So again, to me, it's one of those moments of like Ducat before Waltz and Ducat after Waltz, right? Two completely different beasts. Um, And I think this is an amazing episode. I love the fact that the the other, like his, uh, almost like his Battlestar moments of like the the people who he imagines Mm. are uh, are Kira and Wayud, right? Like his tormentors, the other people that he, he, he so wants them to, you know, he, he so wants their respect and their allegiance. And it's Cisco. It's always Cisco, um, uh, Kira and Wayud. And the fact that they're, they're his, uh, like his torturers, it's just a, such a great episode. Yeah. Ducat be crazy. Oh, yes. Ducat be crazy. <laughs> no doubt. All right, Carlos, what's your number two pick? So now we're on to Cisco the General for me. Okay. Um, so the five words are, we are about to find out. The hashtag, uh, keeping in the in, in the theme of, um, of, of, of song lyrics. Uh, and we were just talking about Hamilton. So the, the hashtag is, here comes the general. Um, and it's season six, episode five, Favor the Bold. Yes. Uh, and the moment is that little speech that he gives at the very end to the crew, just the very last 20 seconds of that episode. Uh, where he said he basically says that you know uh, there's an old saying fortune favors the bold and we're about to find out. To all ships, this is Captain Cisco. Assume attack formation Delta Two. There's an old saying. Fortune favors the bold. Well, I guess we're about to find out. That moment is, to me, very representative of, of, of Cisco, the general, the tactician. He, 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 takes, he analyzes the situation. He looks at what the risks are. Um, but he just goes for it. There's always an element of failure in his in his strategy. Um, but he knows that fortune does favor the bold. And if you're bold enough, uh, you only need it one time. But it's that, it's that one time that can make all the difference. And he just goes for it. Um, and I just think that that moment, it, again, represents 
who he is as that soldier. Um, and if you look at his military career, aside from him being captain, you know, he was chosen to to plan the invasion of Cardassia. He's the um, he's he's that military strategist that 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 Admiral Ross appoints. Like he's just as brilliant mind, but it, but it's not a it, it, it's it's it, it's it's very kind of he just goes for it. He just swings for the fences. And, and I think that this, that to me is the moment where it's most, uh, uh, where, where it's heightened the most. Excellent baseball metaphor to describe Cisco swing, swing for the fences. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I love that. Your last, I love that your, your last two episodes are favorable than sacrifice of angels, which are, yeah. I mean, this doesn't track does not get any better than that. Back to back. Episodes. Incredible. Rick, what's your uh, quick take? I love that. I mean, it goes with my um, my one word description of Cisco inspiring, because even though he's yeah. not, yes. he's, he's giving no guarantees. It's just very short, very brief. There's an old saying, fortune favors the ball. I'd follow him straight in that battle. Straight. Oh, yes. totally. Completely. Yeah. I'd be jumping in. So it, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It just is one of those things that just ca- encapsulates Cisco as, as the general, like you say, as the general, the guy who's leading the charge. It's really well done. He even gets Garrick to follow him into battle. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah, well, he gets Garrick to murder for him too. Hey, well, exactly, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. My uh, my number two pick is that's another another big episode. Five words and a hashtag are I need to become the villain. Hashtag you betrayed your uniform. And it is for the uniform, season five, episode oh. thirteen. My again, my number four at Trek ranks. These are all really high for me at on my Trek ranks list. And the scene is when Cisco fires on that Maquis colony. This, I mean, this one says it all, right? It's like you know, we've seen lots of moments in Cisco's arcs that showed what he's that he, that he's you know capable of going to the edge and and maybe even a little bit over it. But on this occasion, he goes right off the cliff, and you know, and I think that. This might be even more questionable than being complicit in the murder of uh, of that Romulan that he had Garrick, yeah. uh, Garrick off. Yeah. So this this might actually be worse. I mean, he fired torpedoes on a planet to make it inhabitable for for the residents. So it's it's brutal. Oh, and then at the, I like at the very end of this episode when he's it's another one where he's rule breaking when the, this episode ends with Dax saying. Did you check with Starfleet on that plan? And he just says, "Oh, I knew I forgot something." Yeah, I mean, this is Cisco. So, I was also very close to picking the "He beat me" scene, which is yeah. also epic. I love this episode. So, uh, Rick, what's your take? on Oh, it? yeah, this is one of my all-time favorites. I, I've got this very distinct memory when I first saw it. I was with a group of friends, and we watched that. And afterwards, I was just like. Oh my god, he's just he's just fired on another planet, made it unhappy. He's just totally <laughs> gone over the line. And everyone else is kind of shrugging it off. And I'm just like, did you not even see that? And I never really understood why they didn't see it as a as a big issue. Oh. But uh, I remember for every time it just blew me away and all the times I've watched it, that him and Eddington that through that whole episode is amazing. Oh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's almost like I I, I love um so I actually hate the episode where Q, Q-less or whatever it is, is on, on that first season of New Space. And I think that episode is terrible. But um, but my, it's almost like it should be a, like the official Star Trek Deep Space Nine drinking game, right? Like any every time Morn is on the screen and every single time you could point to the screen and say, Picard wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> and it's right. just like, I'm not Picard. And he's like, yep. And that's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, Picard mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. 
Um, and that that intensity of like you know going after you, you have that goal and you and, and and you're there to win, you know, win the war, uh, whatever it takes. And I just think that Cisco is uh, yeah, that episode is is is, is amazing. And and the whole Eddington Cisco cat and mouse little trilogy um, oh, is fantastic. Yes. Track. Yeah, it's those three episodes are three of my all time favorites. I and there's a moment in this you know when he when Eddington's riling him up with the. Uh, with the Les Miserables stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. They, they, they come back to Cisco in the mess hall and he's reading Les Miserables. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, wants to figure out because <laughs> anything keeps, keeps like, getting the best of him. So yeah. 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 Cisco, he'll do whatever it takes. Even read Les Miserables <laughs> at the goading of his arch nemesis. That episode is the only reason I ever looked at Les, Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah, me too. So Whatever, you guys are missing out. Les Mis is awesome. Okay, I uh, know, it's fantastic. <laughs> you guys are missing out. I, I, Blaze of Glory got me into Lucky Loonies, too. Was, uh, that didn't happen. All right. Okay, <laughs> deep, deep cut, deep cut. Right? Deep cut, right. Round one, top five Ben Cisco episodes. Rick, what's your top pick? Um, right, my number one, it's a little bit familiar. Five words. Time to be the villain. Hashtag, you betrayed your yeah. uniform. <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, a little too. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Cisco firing the fire torpedo. I it's, love it. Yeah, it's just such a fantastic sequence. The whole, the, the whole communicator, I think, in that episode was a godsend because it got them to be face-to-face. It's so much better than it would have been on a view screen. So yeah. for that last yes. that last conversation where um, he's Eddington's can't you see what's happening to you? You're going against everything you claim to believe in, and he's just like you betrayed your uniform, and uh, it's oh, everything about that moment is great because he's just so playing the villain and that he's pulling all his Cisco intensity into it. The Maquis are scrambling their transport ships. They're starting to evacuate. Do you realize what you've done? I've only just begun. I'm going to eliminate every Maquis colony in the DMZ. You're talking about turning hundreds of thousands of people into homeless refugees. That's right. When you attacked the Malinche, you proved one thing. That the Marquis have become an intolerable threat to the security of the Federation, and I am going to eliminate that threat. But think about those people you saw in the caves. Huddled and starving, they didn't attack the Malinche. You should have thought about that before you attacked a Federation starship. Helm! Lay in a course for Tracken 2, Warp 6. Commander, prepare two more torpedoes. Engine break. Set course 050, Unless safety's on torpedoes 3 and 4. Can't you see what's happening to you? You're going against everything you claim to believe in. And for what? To satisfy a personal vendetta? You betrayed your uniform! And you're betraying yours, right now! The sad part is you don't even realize it. I feel sorry for you, Captain. This obsession with me. Look what it's cost you. Major, shut that thing off. Commander Worf, prepare to launch torpedoes. Wait! If you call off your attack, I'll turn over all our biogenic weapons. Not enough! Right, Javert. I'll give you what you want. Me. Again, it shows that he's willing to go that bit further, that bit further than any other captain will go. And uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it certainly foreshadows maybe a deeper episode about questionable decisions 
later yeah. on. The other thing about Cisco on this one is, and and, and maybe on the production value more, is that they, I mean, they show Eddington getting the better of him like four straight times. I don't Every time Cisco thinks, okay, I got him now. Nope, nope, nope. So he literally pushed him to the edge and, and he went off it. How scared would you have been if you were like an ensign on the bridge during that conversation? <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I want to transfer right now. <laughs> no, right. Even Wolf looked yeah, a little bit crazy. uncomfortable, I, know, I think. I know. I mean, Worf, Worf wants, wants nothing more than fire those torpedoes, and he hesitates. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mr. Worf, I said yeah. fire the torpedoes. <laughs> oh, so good. Fantastic. All right, Carlos, what is your number one pick? Uh, so now we're on to, I think, um, the, the, mo- the, the I think the ultimate defining characteristic of Cisco, and that's Cisco the father. Um, my five words are something my father taught me, hashtag, May you build a ladder to the stars, and it's uh, this is this is this is deep, boys. Uh, season five, episode twenty-five, in the cards. Oh, love that! Now this is the captain's log that Cisco narr- that narrates the last literally like I don't know minute minute and a half of the episode. Captain's log, Stardate five hundred nine to nine point four. Two days ago. This station felt like a tomb. I'd never seen so many of my crew depressed at the same time. But for some reason, it now seems as though a new spirit has swept through the station, as if someone had opened a door and let a gust of fresh air blow through a musty old house. Why this is happening, frankly, is a mystery to me. After all, nothing has really changed. The Dominion is still a threat. The Cardassians are still threatening to retake the station, and I can still see the clouds of war gathering on the horizon. So why do I sense a newfound sense of optimism in the air? But maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe the real explanation is as simple as something my father taught me a long time ago. Even in the darkest moments, you can always find something that'll make you smile. That captain's log, to me, is completely representative of him as this father figure of obviously to Jake, because you know the Jake Cisco dynamic um, is is one for the ages. Um, but it also shows him being a father almost to Nog, um, and also to the rest of the crew, right? So to me, like that is the ultimate kind of. Cisco as the father figure, and also the fact that that you can't be he can't be the father without being the son, right? Um, his relationship with his own dad is really important. So what I love about that log and that moment is that it, it he quotes Cisco quotes his own father. It shows him being super affectionate, you know, that hug and that kiss that he gives to Jake. Um, and I love the fact how affectionate and touchy feely he is with his own son. Um, it shows him kind of showing affection to Nog and seeing because he shakes Nog's hand and you have Nog's like Nog has the biggest smile of like, I have done right. You know, I've done something good for the world (laughs) type type look on his face. But then it also shows all of the kind of, you know, like all the other moments of other members of his crew and what it is that they're doing and how they're having a better day um, because of obviously because of the actions of that, that Jake and that jog is that that's, I guess that's their, uh, Jake and Nog's uh, celebrity uh, celebrity name that Jog uh, have, have have gone have, have done throughout the episode, and that just to me it's it, it's such a little it could have been it is a little throwaway scene you never think about it, 
Um, but it just, I think it's, it, it, it encapsulates that absolute defining characteristic that no matter what, um, he was the general, he's the emissary, he's, you know, but he needed to, he needed to be there until Jake grew up. Um, and, and his devotion to Jake and to being a father to me is the ultimate, uh, kind of Cisco characteristic. Ah, such a great pick. It's mm. such a great episode. So underrated. Yeah, it's so underrated. So, so much fun. And it's like the last little, I consider it part of the, that, season five season six dominion war arc whenever i watch that all the way through those oh, totally six yeah. episodes i always include this so. well they signed a non-aggression pact in that episode <laughs> exactly. it's like yeah. it's like oh you know they're hunting for this baseball card and the beal story is them like something that that takes that's like integral yeah. to the entire the war arc it's amazing yeah. it's really really well done that that moment is great and i'm glad uh, the father, Cisco, the father got highlighted by a pick. I didn't do it. I was r- close to something in the explore in explorers, but uh, yeah, in my secondary systems. But uh, it's an awesome pick, uh, Rick. What's your take on? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm really jealous. You came in with that perfect father moment because that was something I was looking really hard to to get in because that's one of the best parts of Cisco to me is that father relationship he has with Jake and. Uh, and that's a beautiful moment for it. I was struggling to find anything that really sold it. That in my head, I could sort of say, "This epitomizes him as the father in this Cisco moment." It, I, everything I kept thinking of was probably more of a Jake moment. I was going through the Visitor yeah. a lot and Explorers, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's a fantastic moment. And it is that sort of move. Then it's the war after that, and this is almost like yeah. that last moment of uh, of calm and peace and. And happiness almost on the station before it all really already goes to hell after that, doesn't it? So yeah, so it's is a great it's it yeah fantastic pick. <laughs> yeah, it really does go to hell after that. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing to me that we've never gotten another captain that has a kid. I know. That, I mean, it's, I mean, Kirk probably had a lot of children, but you know, and he and he does have David. Yeah, and like yeah, he knows yeah. David for like two weeks, right? So like I'm right. saying, like, I'm, like a real relationship. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it is interesting. That's the only one. Well, maybe Lorca does. We know we don't know. All right, let's close out round one. My my number one pick, and this is I'm happy to to reveal this one. So I'll I'll get to that in a second. So my five words and a hashtag is in this place I belong. Hashtag my favorite Trek speech episode is Call to Arms, season five, number the. Uh, season finale of season five and it's Cisco's farewell speech to deep space nine. And so this pick for me was, it was more about the moment than the episode for sure. Although I, I love this episode. It's number, number three at Trek Trains. but it's just for me, this is Cisco working on all cylinders. He has a plan and he's leading his staff with absolute perfections. And again, this, this is one that I knew I was going to, it was going to be my number one, I'm not sure why this speech is so impactful for me the, the first time I saw it and why it stayed with me so long in such a strong way, but but I've always loved it, and let's, uh, let's play it right now. When I first took command of this post, all I wanted was to be somewhere else, anywhere but here. But now five years later, this has become my home, and you have become my family. And leaving this station, leaving you, is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But this war isn't over yet. I want you to know that while we were keeping the Dominion occupied, 
A Starfleet Klingon task force crossed the border into Cardassia and destroyed the Dominion shipyards on Taurus III. Your sacrifices, our sacrifices, made that victory possible. But no victory can make this moment any easier for me. And I promise I will not rest until I stand with you again. Here. In this place where I belong. Cisco to Defiant. Standing by, sir. One to beam aboard. Aye, Captain. So for anyone that's listened to the show, this maybe solves a little bit of a mystery and answers a question that I, that I get a lot, which is, hey, what is that sign-off you use for, for every show from? And it's literally from my favorite Ben Cisco moment. I just love this speech. To me, this speech, it says everything about Cisco. It says that he's strong enough to know that I can't fight right now and I have to back down, but he's confident enough to know that he'll fight through this and that he'll be back and that he's knowledgeable enough to, to know that, you know, through all the searching and in, in, in his life, that this is, this is the place where he belongs after a, a lifetime of uh, being with Starfleet. And I just love that. This is kind of the moment where, you know, we talked about it before Rick with one of your picks about when he's connecting with Bajor. Absolutely. Yeah. And when he says, when he says that this is the place I belong, uh, I just love that moment. I love how much this feels like a moment from an old Western or which is just yeah. basically the, the setup for this frontier station anyway. So, so this is my number one and I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, Rick, what's your take? Uh, it's fantastic. It's brilliant speech and it's it just then sets the whole episode a little bit into focus that this is the plan he's he's actually in control again and even though when it you know they overwhelmed the dominion ships and the station looked like it's been taken he's still in control you know and he's it's part of his plan and he's coming back and i think especially when you couple it with the um the baseball on the desk later as well yeah it's like yeah he's coming back and uh yeah yeah I mean, Call to Arms to me, I think is the is, is my my I guess my second favorite um, kind of cliffhanger, if, we, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I think it's I think that is almost a that's an episode that shouldn't work. There are like twenty five storylines in that episode, you know, right. that it just it, like how did they and none of it feels rushed, you know, um, everything from like Nog um, uh, Rom getting married to to this, it's just it's amazing. Um, uh, it was funny. I told, I sense check kind of all of my picks with with my best friend, uh, this guy named Stephen, who's a huge, obviously Trekkie surprise. And um, <laughs> and when I told him what this episode was going to be about, I as we were talking, basically, I just an email popped up from him, and it was a, a, a YouTube link, and I clicked it, and it was this speech. Right. <laughs> so so I guess great minds think alike. Um, but he, it, it's just this, this speech is, 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 is as, as you guys have both said, he is, he, he's a realist, right? This is the situation. This, this, he has to leave the station, but there is a, there's a, a larger plan. And because of their sacrifice, you know, they, they win their first, uh, whatever it is that they destroy the shipyards. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a fantastic Ben Cisco moment and, and the entire, you come back to season six and you're just like, when's he, how's he getting his hands back on that baseball? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, this moment does it all for me. 
So let's jump into some secondary system picks here and see what just was on the outside of your guys' list. Uh, Rick, what, what do you have on your list? Um, I had, I can live with it. I can live with it <laughs> on my list because I think that's, obviously it's a fantastic episode as we discussed. And I, I just love that little end part. Yeah. And I've had debates about this. To me, it always meant he maybe can't, but he's just trying to convince himself. Right. Yeah, I, I did have... Um, I had Paradise Lost, his scenes with Leighton in the office, and that uh, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. Oh, that's a great one. Yes. And um, and one that I oh, it's one of my all time is one of my all time favorite Cisco moments. I didn't know if it quite fit the list though, but it was Bada Bing Bada Bang just for the end where he yeah. sings with Vic Fontaine. Totally, that's on my <laughs> that's list. That's maybe oh. maybe more of an Avery Brooks moment. I don't know, but it's it's a brilliant moment. It's just awesome. I think I think. Cisco also has a fun side, well, right? Yeah. And uh, we, we forget about it. And it's things like in Bada Bing, Bada Bang, when he does, uh, when he sings and he enjoys himself, which is so much, it's, it's so much fun to see. Yes. Yeah. And so much going for And a very prophetic song as well. The best is yet to come. Yeah. True. Uh, Carlos, what's on your uh, secondary systems list? Well, mine, I had Bada Bing, Bada Bang. So uh, way to go, Rick. <laughs> um, thanks for stealing my thunder <laughs> yet again. <laughs> Um, next time we do this, I want to go before. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, I have um, call to. I did obviously call to arms because uh, I had thought about that one of my favorite episodes, and Stephen sent me that link. Um, I did have in the pale moonlight, but I thought it was too obvious. But yet, it's so you know integral to all of Trek. Um, but yeah. my moment in the pale moonlight that I was going to choose was the very end when he just says, "Computer." delete log mm-hmm. right that to me um i mean you even said it right jim but like there are 85 different moments like it could have been the moment with garrick in the turbo lift which we talked about i think when we did the turbo lift episode um you know it could it, it could have been the moment with dax which you picked which i think is fantastic and 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 and, and the whole dynamic with dax but to me it, it was that very moment at the end because that's the that's the that's the wow moment for you. He's commit, you know, he's an accessory to murder. He's done all of these things. No one knows what he did, um, but um, but yeah, but, but but he decides to delete it. So there is no record of it, which I think is amazing. Um, the other the only one that I think that I'd like to highlight is I was going to pick the beginning of season seven, and I don't know exactly which episode to pick, but something that we don't ever talk about is that. Cisco is kind of only half human, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. And like that's something that no one ever talks about. And in fact, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it until thinking about these uh, thinking about these moments. He's not human. He's not fully human. If we say that Spock's a Vulcan, right? Yep. Like yep. essentially, Cisco's a a, a wormhole alien, yep. right? Yep. Um, and. It's amazing, but nobody, again, nobody, it never really comes up in conversation. And so I wanted to kind of pick that moment that like, because, you know, here I am, a Deep Space Nine fan of 25 years, really only having that thought. He'd be like, oh, yeah, he, he he's an alien, as I was thinking about this. So I wanted to pick something that really highlighted the fact his 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 alien heritage, his, his wormhole profit heritage, which I think is fascinating and something that, again, that no one really talks about. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. <laughs> You just don't think about it, but yes, he is only half human. He's only Absolutely. half human. So Jake's like right. only like a quarter. He's got, Jake's like a quarter profit. <laughs> That's right. Yes, he. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe he'll join him someday in the celestial temple. 
my yeah my secondary systems was almost everyone was picked i had past tense i had captive pursuit and i had i had another, oh rapture was one that you you mentioned it but you didn't yeah. pick it pretty intense and then one of my last one i love this moment it's from a session i think this is one of the best cisco episodes and it's at the very this is the episode where he accepts being the emissary and at the very end he just the when he knows that he's he's going to accept this at the beginning they kind of show some people coming up to him and ask him hey can you bless our child or do this and he's a little uncomfortable and at the end they come up and ask him hey will you you know bless our child at this ceremony and he smiles and he just says i would love to thank you and he's kind of almost get he's almost giddy and kira's smiling and he's happy and they just cut away on that scene and i i love that moment for cisco yeah. when he when he knows man i really am the emissary to these people so and and i remember that moment for me in the series was like wait a second he's he's actually the emissary because up until yeah. that point i didn't think that's where they were going with this thing yeah so Really, really brilliant. And again, we could keep going on oh, Cisco yes. <laughs> forever. So, but now it's time to move on to our regeneration cycle. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. All right. So I got a lot of good stats to break down here. But before we do that, let's uh, let's do a quick recap of the picks. Rick, run through your your top five Ben Cisco episodes. Uh, right, my top five. At five, I had Cisco's speech in the Marquee Part Two about um, the problem is Earth. At four, I had him dressing down O'Brien and then just noting that he could have stopped O'Brien anyway, and how that uh, showed us the change in the rules. Three in, uh, in captive, captive, captive pursuits. pursuits. Yeah, uh, yep. three self-sacrifice to save the future in uh, past tense when he steps forward and takes on the role of Gabriel Bell. Two with Waltz when he's uh, when he's uh, totally in control with Ducat, and at one it was uh, time to be the villain from uh, for the uniform. Nice, very oh, nice. fantastic. That list is incredible. All right, Carlos, how about your uh, your five? My my fifth is for Cisco the captain. Yes, I was going to say, make sure you include your 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 subtitles. I love those. My, uh, yeah, so five is Cisco the Captain, and the episode was The Maquis Part 2. Uh, same exact pick as Rick, that monologue uh, to Kira. Um, my number four was Cisco the Friend, and the episode was Rejoined, um, and it was his chat with Dax. Um, my number three was Cisco the Emissary, with episode being Sacrifice of Angels and his kind of uh, his plea for help to the prophets. My number two pick was Cisco the General, uh, Favor the Bold, and it's his kind of his hail slash speech at the to the crew right at the very end of the episode. And my number one Ben Cisco episode is Cisco the Father, with the episode being in the cards, and it's the the captain's log that kind of that closes out the episode. Oh, fantastic. So so good. All right, and my five really quick were the circle with Ben Cisco leading the way with a little bit of manipulation of uh, the Bajoran general and then breaking the rules at the end of, of that episode to when they're evacuating the station. My number four pick is paradise where Cisco climbs into the box to prove a point resist my number three in the pale moonlight where he's going back and forth with Dax on planning his eventual malfeasance to get the Romulans into the war. 
My my number two was for the uniform, same pick as Rick's number one. And then my number one, call to arms, my favorite Star Trek speech, where Cisco says this is the place where he belongs. So, all right, let's break down some of these stats. There's I got a lot of them here. We've got – so the season breakdown, only one season was not represented. That was season seven. So I'm glad you brought that up at the end, Carlos. And then there was one pick each from season one – season three and season four. Right. And then there was four picks each from season two, season five and season six. So pretty well spread out in terms of uh, the highs and lows. And and round five, we all had season two picks. And in round one, we all had season five picks. So, and then some of the other breakdowns here, we've got uh, how many, so we've got four Cisco speeches, we have four times where Cisco's breaking the rules, and we had two scenes where he was sitting down with Dax. So you got to love that. No, no. Five times where he was breaking the rules because I forgot Captive Pursuit. All right. Those are the stats for this week, and I love breaking that down so we have a little bit of context for what we talked about. But as we do every week, we've once again entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. All right, so our last episode was a topic that everyone has an opinion on. Really easy to throw a list together, so we knew we were going to get a ton of feedback, and we did. So for this week's temporal causality loop, instead of going through a few standard lists, because there's a lot of similarity in the list for our top five two-part episodes. Instead, I'm going to call out a few more statistics and then highlight just a couple of unique picks. To no one's surprise, the best of both worlds, which was number one on my list, was on a vast majority of the list, 71% to be exact, and was the number one selection on 53% of the submitted list, which is pretty amazing, but but also pretty expected because that's an all-time great episode. And I have to say, I was I was a little surprised by how popular the two DS9 and Aubrantane two-parters were. Uh, I mean, I love these episodes, and they one of them was on my list. But those episodes are Improbable Cause, yeah. and The Die is Cast, and In Purgatory's Shadow, and By Inferno's Light. And those two-parters were mentioned on a whopping 65% of the submissions, with Purgatory and Inferno leading the way by being mentioned on 35% of the list. So that was a pretty high number. And the only other episode that was on as many as 35% of the list was TNG's Chain of Command, which oddly we didn't even bring up on the show. That's the the beauty of Trek Ranks. We didn't even talk about it. And obviously it's a great episode, but it's just one of those ones that didn't come up on the show. So, But it was on 35% of the list that were submitted. And in terms of some unique choices, we had one vote for Dark Frontier from at Phil Stalkers on Twitter. And I love that episode, so I wanted to mention that. And we had another solo pick came in from Brandon Shea Mutala, who was a former guest host. And he was the only one to pick TNG's Descent. And he had a pretty good five words and a hashtag. Oh, my God, it's lore. Hashtag the Sons of Soon. Which is pretty great. <laughs> and then we had one more great solo pick from Adam Hunolt, a two-time guest host who submitted Voyager's The Killing Game, which I think is a totally underrated episode. So I love that one. So with that recap of our favorite two-part episodes, we have once again easily pulled ourselves out of this week's temporal causality loop. 
And as always, I want to thank everyone for all the amazing responses to Trek Ranks. Keep the list coming so we can retweet them. This show's better when we're hearing from you. So we love getting those on Twitter. And we also want to we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five Ben Cisco episodes and give us a call and tell us your list. You can call us at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we're going to do our first sequel episode. It's a companion piece to a previous episode we did with our top five one-off villains. So next week, of course, we're doing our top five one-off heroes. And by that, I'll give you a quick example. So first of all, you know, we're... A hero is anyone you want to make a case for. So that part's pretty easy. It can be literally anybody. In terms of defining one-off, what we're looking for is a character that appeared in only one episode or one, two, or three-part episode. So someone like Cito Jaxa, who's one of my all-time favorite characters from The First Duty and Lower Decks, is not eligible. But if you want to make a case for someone like Captain Jellicoe, (laughs) who appeared in the two-parter Chain of Command, have at it. I only bring him up because he was on my one-off villains list. I hate that guy, but I heard from a bunch of people who had the exact opposite view of him. So go figure. That's kind of how we're breaking it down. So I like to do this. So Rick and Carlos, you guys have not prepared anything jumping out at you guys immediately for a, for a top five one-off heroes, Rick, anything? Oh, that, you know, as soon as you said the words, I thought, Oh man, is anyone going to choose the outrageous Akona? <laughs> He's eligible. And then I thought, Probably not. <laughs> uh, he was a hero. He was a hero. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of the guys who actually quite likes Captain Jellicoe. All oh, right, so, there you uh, go. So maybe you know, make, make, a, make a case. Uh, uh, how about you, Carlos? Any uh, any quick thoughts? Uh, I was going to say Shelby. I love to hate Shelby. Oh, but without yes. Shelby, Picard would still be a drone. Yes, Shelby's a great pick. And that is a, that's actually good, too, because somebody could pick her as a villain, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were so brazen, but they would get an argument for me if they did so all right that's gonna be a fun show i'm looking forward to it and all right just want to wrap up here and say a huge thank you to rick everson and carlos miranda awesome show guys hope you had fun any any final thoughts on your end just a, a fantastic time cisco is is so intense it's brilliant to talk about him <laughs> no doubt that's exactly what i was gonna say i'm telling you rick i always <laughs> like dude come on get out of my head <laughs> No, it, this is this has been obviously you know I'm a Deep Space Nine guy. I love I, I this is my all time favorite Trek, and uh, anytime I get to talk about it, um, it's a privilege. So thank you very much, Jim, for uh, indulging me and having me on uh, on the show again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was way too much fun, and as you've already heard on this show, let me end the show again by saying thanks for engaging with us here on episode 19 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Commander Sisko, you told me about the Krasari before you asked the favor regarding Kira. You could have tried to trade that information for the favor. I wouldn't do that. I'll remember that about you.
Hi there. Thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to FiveYearMission.net. The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and FiveYearMission.net. Check them out today. <laughs>